0: SECTION 3 OF ASTOUNDING STORIES 15, MARCH, 1931. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. RECORDING BY CATHERINE RUSSELL, OHIO, U.S.A. ASTOUNDING STORIES 15, MARCH, 1931, BY VARIOUS. WHEN THE MOUNTAIN CAME TO Miramar, BY CHARLES W. DIFFIN, PART C. THE ROOM WAS QUIET. The paralysis left him, and in the instant of his release, the clear brain of Gary Connell flashed from chaos to lay before him a full-formed plan. Laura, he called in the silent room. Laura, But it seemed an age before he heard Horab and his captive returning from the passage. Then the touch of her hand gave him courage to continue. "'Yes?' she whispered. "'Yes, my dear one.' He saw the shoulders of the black as he half-raised a spear threateningly toward the girl, then turned to adjust the whirring machine. "'Tell him,' shouted Gary, "'tell Horab to shut off that damnable machine!' The shriek of it was rising again to drown his voice. "'Tell him his life depends on it. Tell him to listen to what I say, or he will die!' He heard the girl's voice raised in a high-pitched call, and he heard the rasping snarl of Horab in reply. The girl repeated her cry above the echoing clamor of the bell, and the intolerable, rising scream after a time was stilled. Gary experienced one raging moment when he would have given his hope of life for the ability to talk to Horab face to face and in words that could penetrate the black one's brain. But he could not. He must use this girl as an interpreter, and he must give her words to say that would make this ugly beast pause. He must speak as she would speak. Put words and sentences into her mouth that would reach the savage superstitions of the other. He spoke slowly and stared impressively into the dark, fear filled eyes in the white face that bent above him. He must make the girl believe. Horab works magic, he told her. Tell Horab that I, too, am a magician, a great magician, a greater one than Horab. He waited an instant to hear the girl's words and the disdainful laughter from lips in a savage face thrust close to where he lay. "'Horab is truly a magician,' said Laura doubtfully. "'He laughs at your magic. "'Horab's dhow is a strong dhow, wicked and powerful.' "'His dhow?' said Gary, and looked at the girl questioningly. He got the thought in her mind. "'Oh, yes, his god or devil.' He turned his head to stare straight into the grinning face, Whose wide, thin lips were twisted into a leering snarl, Gary had to summon all his power of will to hold the look that he gave his enemy and to laugh, in his turn, long and contemptuously. Another tremor shook the casket where he lay. "Tell Horab," he ordered, while his eyes stared steadily into those of the savage king. "Tell Horab, my dao is stronger than his. My dao is angry because I have been harmed." He is shaking the mountain. He will shake it down on Horab and crush out his life. He continued to stare while he heard Laura's voice high with hope, and he saw a change of expression flicker across the black face. Though Horab shouted a vehement reply, Laura was speaking to him. Horab says the earth has shaken before, and that it is not your Dal who shakes it. He asks for another sign. Gary was not surprised. He had fired this shot at random, the tremor itself had suggested it, and now, another sign. Gary had to fight hard for self-control, to keep from shouting the truth to this evil thing, to keep from telling him of the time that had passed, and of the world that was waiting for him. But that would never do. He must play upon this black one's superstitions. Let Horab once leave this cave with that devilish, soundless scream ringing in his ears. And he, Gary Connell, was lost." "'And Laura, what hope for her out there?' "'The black hands were moving impatiently toward the machine. "'Gary found himself speaking slowly, "'short sentences that Laura quickly repeated, "'and something within him rose to frame words "'such as Gary Connell, man of the desert, "'would never have thought to speak, "'phrases that might best reach a savage, vicious mind. "'He glanced once at the watch on his wrist. "'He did not feel the torture of the light gold cord.' He was thinking in terms of daylight and of how much time had passed since he had seen the sun. Horab shall have a sign, a terrible sign, he said. Death waits for Horab in the world outside. My Tao tells me. Horab shall die horribly. I see him choking in the hot sand. His tongue fills his mouth. The hot sun burns, and he is filled with fire. He tries to scream, to call upon his Tao, but he makes no sound and so shall horab die the girl translated swiftly the answer was a wild cry of rage from the black he sprang beside the helpless man and his spear was raised high gary felt the weight of lora's body thrown protectingly across him and looked up to see murder in the savage slitted eyes tell horab he directed sharply that if he arms you or me the burning death is his but he waited deliberately after Laura had spoken, and he saw plainly the flicker of fear in the ugly face. Now was the time. "'Unbind my feet,' he ordered, and he put into his voice all the force and menace he could muster. "'Take me to the outer world. Take your spear. If I do not speak truth, kill me there. My Tao will show you a sign. He will fill your heart with fear as it now is filled with evil.' "'But it may be I can save you. "'Unbind my feet. "'Be quick.' "'Again he waited while Laura spoke, "'and he cursed silently with the agony of waiting. "'To be playing a part, "'speaking these absurdly childish things, "'when what he wanted was his hand upon a gun "'or in a grip of death about that black throat. "'Yet he lay as still as if the vibrations of the bell were upon him, "'and his eyes held unwaveringly upon the savage face.' "'until he felt the fumbling of hands about his feet. "'A square-cut portal, and beyond it a golden sun "'that shone through mists of purple and rose. "'Was he too late?' "'Gary pressed forward in what would have been a clumsy run, "'but for the spear that had prodded him through all the long passage, "'and that warned now against attempted escape. "'The brilliance and heat that struck him when he stepped out into the open "'brought Gary in a flash from the world of horror and make-believe, and to the world he knew. He wanted to shout for sheer joy, but more than all else he wanted to leap at the ugly thing who stood blinking his eyes in the mouth of the cave. The thought of escape was strong upon him, but the touch of a timid hand showed the folly of that. Laura was beside him, her filmy lacework shining softly in the sun to make more lovely the delicate flesh beneath. Her eyes, shielded from the sun, were upon him, with a look half hopeful, half despairing. No, he must see it through. Go on with his play-acting, meet magic with magic. Horab had come out from the cave, and spear in hand he stood commandingly above them on a huge boulder. Yes, the magic must go on. The harsh voice of the savage ripped out unintelligible words. Laura translated, "'It is changed.' she said, and Horab fears. But the water is there, and, and there is no burning death. He says your dow is weak. Gary stared with thankful eyes across the blue expanse where a line of white marked ghostly breakers on a distant shore, where hills were reflected in the shimmering blue. But the sun was still above their tops, so he must spar for time. My dow is strong, he said, and went on with whatever fantastic thoughts came into his mind. He was talking against time. He told of the new world his Tao had built, of men harnessing the lightning and flying through the air, of cannon that roared like thunder and threw death and destruction upon those that the Tao would destroy. And his eyes watched the slow descent of the dropping sun, while the figure above stirred impatiently and raised his spear. "'A sign,' Laura was imploring. "'He does not believe!' The golden ball was touching now on a distant purple peak. The amazing magic of the desert, its moment had come. Geary indicated as best he could the phantom sea so real below. My Tao has spoken, he shouted. Watch, the waters shall be dried up, the sea shall become a desert of hot sand. The lands and waters that Horab knows shall be no more. There shall be no food for his stomach, nor water for his lips where Horab wanders in torment, unless I save him. "'He turned to stare at the vast mirage. "'He knew that the eyes of the others had followed his, "'and he knew that they saw the first change "'that crept over the land. "'The blue that was so unmistakably a sea was dissolving. "'It seemed sucked into the sand, "'and while yet the hot rays cast their lingering gold "'over mountain and plain, the seas faded and were gone. "'And where they had been, an unquestioned reality "'was only yellow sand.' that whirled hotly and drifted in the first breath of the coming night. The towering figure above them stood rigid. Gary had found a sharp edge of rock and sawed frantically upon it to cut the soft gold of the cords at his wrists. The one above them paid no heed. His eyes were held in horror of this silent death that swept across the world. The hand that Gary extended was steady and cautious. "'His arm crept about the body of white and gold "'to draw the amazed and wondering girl silently into the open cave. "'Follow,' he ordered, and dashed headlong down the darkened way "'where an automatic was waiting for his eager fingers. "'The pack was there, and he tore at it with frenzied hands "'to grip at the pistol within. "'And there was also an open chest whose contents glittered in the green light "'and whose weight was not too great for him to carry. "'He had both chest and gun when he returned.' The stumbling falls in his mad rush had not served to allay the hurts of his tortured body, nor still his raging fury. He called to Lura as he ran, and realized that Lura was gone. The chest fell forgotten at his feet as he rushed out. He shouted her name and cursed himself for leaving her. Had the fascination of the outer world drawn her back? Had she trusted too greatly in the power of his Tao to shield her from harm? Connell could not know. He knew only that he saw her struggling in the grip of the long arms where the black one held her on an outthrust rock. They were a hundred feet away, yet the black face beneath its pointed skull showed plainly its bestial fury as Gary sprang forward. With one motion the tall figure dashed the girl to the stone at his feet and raised his spear. He paused to laugh harshly at the man who rushed toward him, who could never reach him to stop the fatal thrust. A threat it might have been to hold the attacker off, or a murderous intent to end now and forever this one captive's life. Gary did not wait to learn, and the hundred-foot distance that meant a hundred feet of safety to the savage was spanned by a stream of lead from a gun, whose stabbing flashes cracked sharply upon the still air. The ringing clatter of a spear that fell among granite stones came thinly to Gary, as he saw the black form of Horab king of another day spin dizzily from the rock on which he stood he had hit him wounded him at least and the firing of that wild fusillade might have emptied the magazine gary waited for nothing more but gathered the limp body of the girl within his outstretched arms and carried her stumblingly across the welter of rocks on the boulder-strewn slope nor did he stop until he had gained the safety of open ground beyond the marks of the great slide The earth was shivering and weaving as he laid her down. A rock crashed sharply in the distance. Gary turned to retrace his steps and leap wildly from rock to rock toward the mouth of the cave in a granite cliff, and the metal chest was in his arms when he returned where Lura waited. The ground was alive with sickening motion. He was nauseated with earthquake sickness, but he gave thought only to his gun and the one cartridge that he found in the chamber. He steadied his arm upon a rock to take aim at a figure on a distant slope. Horab had climbed back upon the rock. A lean figure in black, he was sharply outlined in the last rays of the setting sun. The target was clear beyond the pistol's sight, but the fingers of the grim-faced man refused to tighten upon the trigger. Savage and cruel, a relic of a bygone age, he stood there, ludicrous and unreal in his stark black nakedness his frayed robes of crimson whipping the tatters in the breeze yet he had forgotten his wounds horab was standing upright and gary's hand that held the pistol fell loosely at his side the hate melted from his heart as he watched where horab drew himself painfully erect a barbarous figure was horab an evil beyond redemption yet there were not lacking the attributes of a king in the grotesque form whose head was still held high. The sun made flashing brilliance of the jewels on that distorted head, while he stared with hopeless, savage eyes across the changed world, where he could have no part. His dhow had failed him, his enemy had struck him down, and now the rock that had been at rest for Gary's arm was swaying, and to his ears came a rumble and groan, sentinel mountain that had watched the ages pass that had seen the oceans truly change to sand, protested again at this disturbance of its own long sleep. Gary heard the coming of the masses from above. The crashing din was deadening to his ears. They were safe, and his eyes were upon a savage figure, black and tall, that stared and stared, silently, across a sea of yellow sand. He watched it clear-cut, motionless, "'until it vanished beneath the roaring flood of rocks. "'And close in his arms there pressed the soft body of a trembling girl "'who touched his face and whispered, "'Your Dal, my brave one, is strong. "'Hold me closely that he may count me as your friend.' "'His own whispered words, though, differing somewhat, "'were a fervent echo of hers. "'He saw the rocky masses piled high where the mouth of the cave had been, "'and, "'Thank God!' Gary Connell said. We got out of there in time. The casket of jewels lay neglected among the rocks. Tomorrow would be time enough to salvage the wealth for which he had risked his life. He swept the girl into his arms, and the sun's last rays made golden splendor of his burden as he carried her across the broken stones. His ranch showed far below him when he stopped, but the green of date palms had vanished under the last great sweep of rocks. Some few that remained made dark splotches among the shadows that were engulfing the world. What did it matter? Miramar. Beautiful sea. He laughed grimly at thought of how that sea had served him. But his eyes were tender in his tanned and blood-stained face. Miramar could be restored. And it would be less lonely now. End of When the mountain came to Miramar, by Charles W. Diffin, Part C. Recording by Catherine Russell, Ohio, USA.